is a popular popular podcast. Do not be afraid. Welcome to the Popular History Podcast. My name is Greg, and I wanted to start off by mentioning that I finally got around to actually posting the maps I referenced last week. I definitely forgot to do that with the episode that they were supposed to accompany, so my bad on that. Those are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Popular History. That's popular with an E on whichever platform you prefer, as long as it's one of those. I've also fixed up the Deuterocanon episode a bit, adding in the narrator bits that I mentioned were missing before. And speaking of mistakes, I realized I hadn't been thanking the elder Mr. and Mrs. Popular History for the soundproof closet they've allowed me to set up a studio space in their house, so I'm going to make a point of including them when I do thank yous moving forward. Lastly, the additional script writing I've squeezed in since we last spoke has made it clear that what I had announced as a three-part series on ancient Rome should really be a five-part series. The last hundred or so years of the Republic is just too action-packed to do in one episode. I'm nearly two hours of content in, and the first triumvirate has just formed, so I'm splitting it up. This should get us a bit of space to very briefly summarize the Empire in the second half of the fifth Rome episode, but of course I've drastically undershot every prediction I've ever made on how long it will take to cover a topic. So, uh, we'll see. In any event, in this supplemental episode, creatively titled The Twelve Tables, we'll be going over those twelve tables we mentioned in our first Rome episode. These are the first bits of Roman law that we have preserved from the early stages of the Roman Republic. It's fragmentary, so we'll just be getting little snippets. Let's go ahead and go through it. Tablet 1, Section 1. If he, that's the plaintiff, summon him, the defendant, into court, he shall go. If he does not go, the plaintiff shall call witnesses. Then only shall he take him by force. If he refuses or flees, he, the plaintiff, shall lay hands on him. If disease or age is an impediment, he shall grant him a team of oxen. He shall not spread with cushions the covered carriage if he does not wish to. Tablet 2, Section 3. Whoever is in need of evidence, he shall go on every third day to call out loud before the doorway of the witness. Tablet 3, Section 1. When a debt has been acknowledged, or a judgment has been pronounced in court, thirty days must be the legitimate grace period. Thereafter, arrest of the debtor may be made by the laying on of hands. Bring him into court. If he does not satisfy the judgment, or no one in court offers himself a surety on his behalf, the creditor may take the debtor with him. He may bind him, either in stocks or fetters, with a weight of no less than fifteen pounds or more if he desires. After sixty days in custody, the case is returned to the court, and if the debt is not then paid, the debtor can be sold abroad as a slave or put to death. Table 4, Section 1 A dreadfully deformed child shall be killed. Table 4, Section 2 If a father surrender his son for sale three times, the son shall be free. Not really sure how that one works either. I guess he just keeps selling him. People keep giving the son back or something. I don't know, but apparently, if it goes on long enough, the son is free. Table 5, Section 1. 
Our ancestors saw fit that females, by reason of levity of disposition, shall remain in guardianship, even when they have attained their majority. That's the legally enshrined misogyny of women are never adults. Table 5, Section 7. A spendthrift is forbidden to exercise administration over his own goods. I'm sure that was never abused. Table 5, Section 8. The inheritance of a Roman citizen freedman is made over to his patron if the freedman has died intestate and has no natural successor. Table 6, Section 1. When a party shall make a bond or conveyance, what he has named by word of mouth, that shall hold good. I don't know what that means. If you do, let me know, I guess. Table 6, Section 2. If a man and woman live together continuously for a year, they are considered to be married. The woman legally is treated as the man's daughter. Now, first off, I guess that's just basically common law marriage, as we would understand it, uh, with the added tidbit that apparently um, being a wife gives you the same status as being a daughter or something like that. We've got nothing from Table 7 in this version. Maybe there's a more complete version out there than the one I found. Anyways, Table 8, Section 1. If any person has sung or composed against another person a song such as was causing slander or insult, he shall be clubbed to death. That's right, capital punishment for distracts. Table 8, Section 2. If a person has maimed another's limb, let there be retaliation in kind, unless he agrees to make a compensation with him. This is the old eye-for-eye, tooth-for-tooth idea, a.k.a. the lex talionis. It's got its own name in Latin, so you know it's good, or at least popular. Table 8, Section 21. If a patron shall defraud his client, he must be solemnly forfeited, which is another term for killed. Table 8, Section 23. Whoever is convicted of speaking false witness shall be flung from the Tarpeian Rock. The Tarpeian Rock, by the way, was kind of a standard execution site where you just get chucked off of. I think that's what happened to Vestal Virgins who did not uh, virgin their Vestals properly. Table 8, Section 26. No person shall hold meetings in the city at night. So, I guess poker night is also a capital offense. Table 9, Section 3. The penalty shall be capital punishment for a judge or arbiter legally appointed who has been found guilty of receiving a bribe for giving a decision. I'll tell you what, they seem to have capital punishment as the penalty for just about everything, kind of sign of the times, but that one, I'd say that makes sense. you got to have some faith in your legal system, especially if, well, this is your legal system. Table 9, Section 6. Putting to death missing section, of any man who has not been convicted, whatsoever he might be, is forbidden. Table 10, Section 4. Women must not tear cheeks 
or hold chorus of alas on account of a funeral. So no wailing women, I guess. Interesting. Table 10, section 6a. Anointing by slaves is abolished, and every kind of drinking bout. There shall be no costly sprinkling, no long garlands, no incense boxes. Huh, that's a bunch of random prohibitions. So, we're told that originally there were ten tables, and then they added two. It's not clear to me, not that I've done much research, but just looking at it, it's not clear to me that the two that were added were necessarily the last two. That's what you would think. But we're told it was mainly the opposition of the plebeians, that's, you know, kind of the rabble as opposed to the blue-blooded patricians, that had these extra two tables added. When we look at the content of tables 11 and 12, see if you think that that narrative makes sense or if maybe there's some questions. Most notably, table 11, section 1. Marriage shall not take place between a patrician and a plebeian. That one's interesting. So, basically, uh, blue bloods cannot marry rabble and vice versa. You'd think that that would be something that the Rabble would want to be able to marry blue bloods, but apparently, at least from my understanding, if we're counting these as the two tables that were added, the rabble were the ones that decided that this should not be possible. Not sure if there's some sort of weird thing going on here or what. If anyone knows anything about that, feel free to write in because I am confused on that one. Table 12, section 5. Whatever the people has last ordained shall be held as binding by law. Basically, Legal precedence matters. So this is a nice, important principle that will carry on for quite some time. And then there's one little bonus tidbit where I guess we don't really know where it fit in on which table or which section, but uh, here's another little bit. There are eight kinds of punishment. Fine. Fetters. Flogging. Retaliation in kind civil disgrace, whatever that is, banishment, slavery, death. There you go. That's the uh, 12 tables, kind of their overview and, well, I would say highlights, but that's basically all the sections that appear to be extant, at least from what I saw. Makes sense there's not a whole lot because, I mean, we're just talking 12 sheets that were posted, you know, in bronze, so... Can't imagine there was a whole bunch to it. You'd think it'd be something basically like the Ten Commandments. So anyways, that's that. So if you do want to subscribe to our Patreon, you can do that. Patreon.com slash popular. That'll get you there. You can find it linked through our Facebook group at uh, Popular History. If you do subscribe, then we should have our second Rome episode already up for our Patreon supporters. I'm actively working on getting the third Rome episode up so that we can stay ahead and they can keep living in the future. And if you don't have the means right now with everything going on, uh, just feel free to just email me and I'll, I'll go ahead and get you in on the, the link because I want everyone to be able to enjoy this stuff, frankly. And if you don't want to go through all that ringamarole, it'll still be here on the main feed next week. Rome, part two, Carthago, Delenda, Est. I can pretty well assure you it'll be there because I just finished recording it. Meaning, yeah, I was a little bit behind for our Patreon folks. But uh, they will be living in the future. 
I'll just keep working on that and I'll keep saying that and eventually it'll be true. Thank you all. See you next week. God bless.